Welcome to Fat Chicks on Top. This podcast contains frank discussions about the body, sexuality, and occasionally uses swear words, which may not be appropriate for people under the age of 18. This podcast also uses facts, statistics, and mathematics, which may not be appropriate for liberal arts majors. And this podcast relies on science and reality, which may not be appropriate for evangelicals. The following segment was taped at Stab Comedy Theater in 2019 before lockdown. The guest host is Erica Ambrin, and the guest is Danielle DeLuca, a stand-up comic and phone sex operator. Right, lights in Hollywood, let's go. So welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm so glad you're on. You're, you're a comic. You're a mom. You're a sex phone operator. You do all do. sorts of awesome things. I do. So yes. you do two things that people, when they see it, they think, I can do it. Which is Everybody. Everybody. Stand-up comedy and phone sex. Yes. So do they have anything in common in the first place? They're both fake. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it's a lot of improv. Yes. Yeah. It's constantly every color's different for the most part. I mean. So, so yes, let's start with the phone set. Because that's, I know a lot of people think, oh, yeah, I could get it. I could do this as a side gig. Sure, I got a cell phone. I can breathe heavy. <laughs> How did you get into it? And then what did you discover once you got into it? That's a great question. I feel like I'm in a job interview. <laughs> no, um, I did customer service for a really long time with you know, companies all around Slack and I am a pretty dirty minded individual. Um, and so I thought, you know what, fuck it. I'm going to just Google phone sex operators and put the two together and, um, start my own little empire. Clearly you never worked for Comcast. I got fired from Comcast <laughs> in training. You were giving too much customer service. In training. Yeah. I'm not good in corporate America. I'm just, I sexually harass people, I'm sure. And it's just not, <laughs> It's just not for me. So now I get to stay at home and do whatever I do and raise my kids. That's awesome. So did you end up working for a company or do you on I have your a own? company that markets me mm-hmm. and I pay them a percentage and you know the, the clients will sign up on the website, whatever, and then they'll get connected to me through the website. But I have a couple of clients that I've met with. I've got I've got one that flew me out to Virginia and took me on a back office tour of the White House because he's a Secret Service agent. Oh, that's um, awesome. You know, I I know they'd be into that, right? (laughs) And I mean, to me, it's just it's a lot of older men that are semi-normal and uh, just have a lot of money and don't have anyone to spend it on. I got a question. What? What? (laughs) No, seriously. What? What? uh, Is there like a client that you actually enjoy interacting with? And if so. What does that feel like for you? So I like really dominant guys. Unfortunately, and not a lot of dominant guys call me. You know, a lot of them want to be humiliated or, you know, just talk about their their love for men, all all kinds of stuff. But um, I do have two dominant guys that call me all the time, and I I will stop what I'm doing and go play. Yeah, Dope. that's awesome. 
since you've been doing this for a while, has it changed your relationship with your own sexuality? Well, it's definitely changed my views on porn. It takes me a long time to find a good porn. I'm very desensitized. I'm very desensitized as far as that goes. I feel the older I get, the sexier or the more comfortable I am in my body. I feel like me 10 years ago, if you would have told me 10 years ago, oh, well, you know, in 10 years you're going to be doing stand-up and be a phone sex operator, I would have told you you were out of your damn mind. Like, because I, I married a Mormon and we had two kids. I wasn't Mormon, but, you know, he decided to do whatever. So uh, we had two kids and I was very like, you know, like my family's going to stay together. So uh, I find that it's, I'm, I'm much happier now. And when you're happier, your sexuality just kind of spews out. It, it does. Since you become pickier with porn, what constitutes a good porn? Well, I, I, th- I think it's different for everybody. It is, but for you. Uh, what are your porn search terms? You, like, they're I, I, horrible. I really uh, my personal ones? Yes. Fuck. Oh. Uh, probably forced porn. Yeah. Forced? Yeah, like I have a super like bad rape fantasy. Yeah. I, I have no I judgment there. My, yeah. Mine are rough interracial anal gangbang. Like oh, that's okay. shit. Oh, <laughs> I yeah. just go straight. Okay, so real. Yeah, so I mean that's uh, I'm not telling y'all what mine is. <laughs> that's I'm I mean, on cartoons. <laughs> There's Sergeant Homer. Right? Just there kidding. is some good. I have watched those. It doesn't do it though. It's fine. I'm yeah. not telling you guys mine. <laughs> but I mean, I've for as much porn as I watched, because you know, clients mm-hmm. will send me like links to different right. like, oh well, check out this. I want to watch this with you. Mm-hmm. And that's completely fine. I'm not mm-hmm. I don't have any taboos, I'll do whatever on the phone. But I mean for me to sit down and like watch a porn or to whatever, like it really has to be good. So, and the it's, more it's w- not, it doesn't happen very often. I have to use my imagination most times. Yeah, I find the more... I'm that desensitized. <laughs> no, the more you watch it and the more you're into it, and like, I've shot porn, I've written porn and stuff, that it, you get really judgmental. It's like anything yeah. else you do yeah. professionally, yeah. you get real judgmental about shots, about casting. I just, yeah, yeah. And, but yeah, no, you get real specific and you want yeah. certain, certain aspects of it. And it made me... um. Like, look at men differently, I guess. How did it change the how you look at men? I mean, I pretty much size up every guy I meet, you know, for the most part. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just like, oh, okay. What the fuck right. are you looking like, at? <laughs> right? Like, I can pretty much, you know, tell you, like, within, like, five, ten minutes talking to you, like, your general, you know, whatever. For the most what typical guys, is. yeah. Yeah. But guys are just sensitive, too. You know what I mean? They're, they call me, and they just, their wives won't talk to them anymore. Or, you know, it's not all sex. Like, 70% of it is, but... 30% of it's not. Like, it's men crying. I'm just therapy at a cheaper rate. Yeah. So. <laughs> Easier to schedule. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Preach. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> this so, young guy is in the it's like, Is that going to be me in 10 years? Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> is this all we got? Right? Life decisions. Life decisions. <laughs> so as you've become more comfortable with your sexuality and seen the spectrum of what is out there, because there's... There's a spectrum. A big one. A very big one. Since you're raising kids, how does that change how you talk to them about sexuality? Well, that's, that's a good question. I have a 16-year-old daughter and a 13-year-old son. And uh, my daughter, they both have the same dad, but my daughter lives with me full-time. So she's there. And she does homeschool. So she is with me okay. like more than a kid should be. 
And so, I mean, her, my, we're very open. I mean, I was raised very open with sex. I, it wasn't an issue, you know, mm-hmm. but, uh, my daughter's very open as far as, you know, she doesn't really keep anything from me, unfortunately. Sometimes it can be a little too much. Um, but she's not actually having sex. Um, I think because as horrible as this is going to sound like I'm pretty promiscuous or I have mm-hmm. been or whatever, but like, so I think she, she's seen a little bit of that. And so she's super like, you know, I'm not going to make those choices. So it's made her a better person, you know, cause I'm, you know. at least you don't have to deal with her having sex. Yeah. Like, but it's... like we have a bowl of condoms in like, if she knows and her friends come and talk to me about sex, like, I just think it's good for kids to not be afraid, you know? Yeah. Well, and the more they exactly, and the the more they know about sex, the smarter they can be about it. Like, well, and there's Google. There is. I but mean, kids it, don't really. My kids don't really come to me and ask me certain things, but I'll go check their Google search history, and I'm like, what are you guys doing? Like, do you guys have any questions? Like. You know, I just please ask a question because that was not an okay Google search. Right. So yeah, yeah it's just it's different because it's just different. It's a new generation. Like I let mm-hmm. I let boys spend the night at my house. I don't really have an issue with it. I, I mean, when I was a kid, <laughs> when I was a kid, like a boy wasn't even allowed to be in my room with the door closed. But I mean, it's I think if you trust your kids and you know they trust you that you're to some degree. I mean, it, things are pretty open in my household. Yeah, and I think parents will have different levels of, of yeah. comfort with that. I mean, when I was 16, and that was before any of you were born, uh, I mean, I, my parents let me to go to Chicago to see a guy that I was dating, you know, and they were okay with that. His parents. Was it R. Kelly? <laughs> 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 Never too soon for an R. Kelly. <laughs> I'm like, have you heard my stories on this play? Because I was nominated. I went to for the those. studio. <laughs> Said we was friends. <laughs> Said I was going to get a contract, but instead oh. you just got a golden shower. <laughs> hey, I cannot crap on golden. I I participated. I have award nominated stories about drinking piss, like. It's it's something. Oh I'm wait, okay. what? Yeah, where? For <laughs> for real? Where? I think. Okay. Yeah, it's it's all Twilight Zone now. Yeah. <laughs> the hell's happening up here? So yeah, I mean, there, some things you just don't. Not going to be an issue for some people. Will be an issue for others. There's so yeah, some, I have noticed yeah. that actually. Like I just recently signed up for Tinder, and I have you know gone on like four or five Tinder dates and. Four of them have not gone well at all. And I've just been like, okay, no, this isn't going to work out. But um, the one that did, like we were talking about different, you know, mm-hmm. sex stuff. Like what's the, what's your hard line? And I was like, you know, fisting is probably my hard line. Like don't fucking fist me. <laughs> and like, he was just like, really? And I was just like, okay, we're not going to fuck it. This is what you're just, never this gonna is like, okay for you. And he's like, what well, I'm just saying, like I was watching a video the other day and like this guy was like eating a bowl of cereal out of this chick's like anal cavity. And I'm like, I'm going home. You're a fucking freak. Like I'm, I'll talk about it on the phone with you. Like we'll pretend on the phone, but I'm not doing that shit in real life. Are you crazy? Not with the Tinder date. No. <laughs> not Wait, how much date. is it per minute to talk to you? So I get to set my rate to whatever I want. I normally I'm like a dollar forty nine a minute, but um, I have some clients I don't want to talk to them at all, so I raise it to like four ninety nine, five ninety nine, and I have girls that. 
I run their pages and I take 50% of what they make and they take calls for me. So um, it's, you know, and their rate's like $1.29. Dang. Yeah. <laughs> Again, this is not a advice you get in high school. I'm all work 24 hours a day. I'm out. <laughs> I'm out the game. <laughs> I mean, could you yeah. imagine sitting in your high school counselors like, okay, you've got two career options, phone sex operator or learn to blow a bubble. Like, oh, shit. That or you're would, done. That would no have hope. been life-changing. Fucking life-changing. Yeah. So you bring up dating. Sacramento was recently ranked as one of the worst places in the nation to date. I see why. <laughs> oh, see shit. Why? Because you looking at us? No, no. <laughs> No, because I've been on. Well, I mean, I don't know if Tinder dating is the same as dating dating because they just say come to my house and fuck me. They don't say like, hey, you want to go on a date? Like no guy has been like, let's go out for a drink first. They're like, you want to go to my house and have a drink? Who goes on Tinder to date by a show of hands? Like to date. Who goes on Tinder to fuck by a show of hands? Oh, y'all not even telling the truth tonight. Tinder is not for dating. Tinder. Oh, that's fucking. what I thought. I thought yeah. it was like just for. It was like yeah. a hookup site, right? Yeah, and but just it's, for but straight people. If you live with your mom, don't invite me to your house because I'll make fun of you. Like that's that's what's out there right now. It's Sacramento's right. trash. Unless mom's like sugar, sugar. No, she was like, "Is this your Tinder date?" And I was like, "Stop it! Stop! Get the fuck out of here!" I was like, and then he took me to his childhood bedroom, and I was just like, "No." Twin bed, race car. <laughs> the race car. I was band. like, "You're 41. Why is there a Star Wars poster on your wall? Like, what's going on, dude?" Star and then Wars he had like the there. '90s, like Carmen Electra. <laughs> <laughs> he had like Carmen Electra on his wall. It was just weird. I had to go home. <laughs> I had to go home. I'm not a good Tinder hookup, I guess, because I'm just like, nope. Sorry, this isn't one I signed up for. <laughs> It was, but uh, it is. I mean, well, that's but you did. I know, <laughs> right? And I'm still there. It's kind of an addiction because <laughs> okay. I'm just like swiping. Has it worked a couple times for you? Once so far. Oh, I'm there new, we go. fairly new to it though. It's like we're a weekend. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I never done it. I don't. I don't yeah, do that it's. Kind of stuff. I mean, I'm I just recently like single, so I'm ch- seeing what's out there. And I, I don't. That. I really do. I really only hang out at bars with other comics, so I'm trying to find branch myself out. You know, <laughs> I haven't come across anyone I know though. Which is shocking because I've lived in Sac. Yeah. Oh, that's that actually that's lucky. Just, that's cool though. Like, yeah. you don't want to do that. No, exactly. You're like, like I know him. <laughs> yeah. No. Fuck that. No. So, <laughs> I don't know where we go from that. Uh, we, so we, that's how you got into stand-up comedy. You started dating, right? Uh, yeah. <laughs> no. No. Um, um, I actually, my buddy Stephen Milani uh, started doing comedy, and I. You know, I hang out with him a lot, and I kind of went to his shows, and I, I've I've loved comedy for a long, long time. So, it was um the the comedians, the comics here in Sac are like super open and loving, and you know, there's some of you who know who you are. Oh yeah. Uh, so they just welcomed me with open arms, and I performed at Punchline on Wednesday, and I have some more shows coming up soon. Yeah. That's awesome. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. We've gone through dating. We've gone through phone sex. We're now at that point where we get to ask the fun questions. Ooh, yeah. So what's your go-to junk food? Yum, 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 yum. Uh, probably pizza. Any specific kind or brand? Or I mean, I'm, I eat junk food. <laughs> I mean, uh, like, That's what I, I eat. I don't know if there's one specific thing. I mean, when I'm super high, if you can bake, I mean, I'll fucking eat right anything. <laughs> I mean, pizza, cookies. I like, 
ice cream. Now that I'm getting older, my teeth are a little sensitive, so I gotta go to like cake. <laughs> it just kind of depends. Like, <laughs> my I I love food, and if you know how to cook it, I'll eat it. Is there anything that's only good when you're high? I don't fucking know. Pizza, <laughs> pizza I guess. I don't know. Pizza? Yeah, pizza's pizza. good all the time. No, I have too Everything's much better when you're high. Yeah, everything's Have you ever had high. sex not high and then have sex high? <laughs> actually, Like okay. right after? Yeah. You're like, damn, I actually really love you again. <laughs> what? Right? I didn't even feel that two minutes uh, ago. I, uh, it's great. For, I will agree that on my end it's great, but I get real forgetful. And I, I did the I did the worst thing. So I got really, really high and really forgetful. And mid BJ, I started thinking, you know what's gonna go good with dick? Chips. Uh, <laughs> and I got to work. Okay. Went into the kitchen. You let you got up and went into the left kitchen. Left him there full hard on his bed. Got chips and brought him back and I'm like eating them, I'm hella happy. Oh, He's no. like looking at no. me like, what the no. fuck? And can I just say we can share is not the right answer. Oh, shit. Point. No. I would have been so mad. Yeah. I never for sucked me, a dick before, so I don't know how that is. For me, it's awesome because I forget Chips body parts. I'm like, I fucking have two tits. You found the second one. You're brilliant. Man, can't smoke with you ever. Be losing shit. <laughs> shit's going to get weird, bro. Shit. I just, I don't Chips know. and dick. That's Chips all you got. That's all you right? getting tonight. Chips and dick. You better be <laughs> happy and be grateful. I'll finish it. You can finish yourself. I'm going to eat these chips. Like, I'm just, oh, these are hella better right now and it's less work. Like, no. <laughs> All right. Wait, hey, what kind of chips was it, though? No, they were like Frito little corn chips. He was there. He was the guy. He was there. I know, needed... like... Was it you, Jerome? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he knew what kind of chips. Did they have some chili and cheese <laughs> on it? He knew what kind of chips. I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. Right? You know, you, you... I was thinking Ruffles. <laughs> The yeah, wavy ones, yeah. Just, like, just I'm just thinking about pleasure. the chips I want right now. I just don't want no dick with it. <laughs> right? Right? I've not gotten that forgetful with a woman, but with a dude, you know. You wouldn't bring no chips down on some pussy like, I no, want I chips and pussy know. tonight. No, no. Yeah, chips Only and dick will make you want chips. Right? <laughs> that tells They're you nice the dick quality, you know? Yeah. Bruh, come on. Coming from me. <laughs> <laughs> My dick's so good, it'll make you want chips. In the middle of it, not after. I see it on a t-shirt. I do. <laughs> yeah. what's, what's the worst piece of advice you've gotten? Maybe get married right out of high school. Uh, Who said that? <laughs> right? Right? My fucking husband's mother. She was a Mormon, huh? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> don't go Mormon. That's the, the whole point of the night, to make sure y'all don't go Mormon. Night. The whole night. Well, see, the funny thing was, when we were dating, so, like, he was my boss at work at McDonald's. I wanted to move up, so I fucked him. And he was a virgin, and I took his virginity, and then he was, like, fighting with the church because he was, like, a teenager. And then he was like, I'm not going to be Mormon. And I was like, okay, then we can date. And then... um <laughs> He fucking like over the years, like we had a we had a daughter, and then I was stubborn. And I was like, no, we're not getting married till afterwards. You knocked me up, blah blah blah. And so his mom was just like, no, like you need to get married and start your family. And I was like, eighteen, nineteen, the worst decision ever. A much happier divorce. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. And people don't talk about that. Like, divorce is shitty to go through. I I divorced my ex-wife 
eight years ago now. We're both <laughs> Again, happier. Not yeah. just me. We're both happier. Yeah. Like, she and I are both. We're great yeah. friends now. We'll call each other for advice, feedback. She's, you know, it's weird when you're bi because then you have to translate to straight people that lesbians stay friends with their exes. Like, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. when, when Sean and I were first dating, like four months in, I'm like, oh, I got a chance. I'm going to go teach in New York and everything. Why don't you come with me? Everything's paid for. You just have to buy your plane ticket. So he did. And then I'm like, great. Um, so I called my ex-wife and we're going to have dinner when we're there, if you don't mind. And she's bringing her new girlfriend. <laughs> and like, in, in lesbian culture, this is completely normal. You go have your friends with your ex. You go have, we had been divorced a couple of years. And I'm going, yeah, we're just going to sit. We're going to have a great time. And he's like, this is so weird, but I'll roll with you. I'm like, that's why we're good together. I, I like making my ex-husband feel awkward. Like, I'll invite him <laughs> to my comedy shows. I'll invite, I invited him to podcast. Like, I just, I want, I know he's happier. Like, he's got a girlfriend, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, I just... I want him and I to be on that level to where it's easy and fun for the kids. Like we, we're not fighting, but we're not like, I'm not going to call him if I have a problem. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think having kids makes it a little different. Like, yeah. you know, luckily she and I didn't have kids together, yeah. just dogs. Um, Sometimes that's just as bad. I left her with the chihuahua. It's, it's all good. Oh. <laughs> she chose yeah. the chihuahua. She keeps the chihuahua. That's we're yeah. all good. What are you grateful for? My kids, my grandma, my grandma raised me, so uh, oh, that's awesome. she's she's ninety two. She's my favorite person in the world. Gima. So, where can people find you? Where do they stalk you online? Where do they go see you in the club? In the club? In the club? <laughs> um, yeah. So you can find me on Instagram at radchick the number four ever. Do you a podcast as well? I do. I don't awesome. do a podcast, but I'm on a podcast um, called Gag on this podcast. It's a really awesome podcast. It's full of men, so it's a little opposite. Um, yeah, but same topics. We all talk about sex. Yeah, that's where you can find me on Facebook under Danielle Deviser. Nice on, on nightflirt.com under Dirty Danny XXX. <laughs> oh wait, is that to hear you talk dirty? Oh yeah. Do you want to hear me talk dirty? Yeah, let, 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 say something to me. Hold on. Let me close my eyes real quick. Hold on. All right, all right go go go. Hey, Erica, how are you? Mm-hmm. <laughs> are you touching yourself right now? No. I want, you, I want you to stroke your cock. I mean, I normally only talk to guys. I normally only talk I to guys. I haven't bought a new one yet. I'm sorry. Mm. I can't do that. Let's go out and get you a no, new one. Sounds good, though. The following segment was recorded in 2019 at Stab Comedy Theater. The guest host is Wendy Lewis, and the guest is Paul Spock, a comedian based out of Reno, Nevada. Yeah. Okay. Our next guest, he's all the way from Reno, and he's a comedian, a writer, and just an all-around great guy. Let's give it up for my best friend, Paul Spock! I love your shirt, Paul. Thanks. I gotta live up to that great intro. Welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So, what brings you to Sacramento? Uh, Just hang out with you guys. Really? Yeah. Wait. You knew Wendy. Yes, I understand coming to hang out with Wendy. Wendy's the coolest. 
No, don't tell that lie. <laughs> I don't want anybody getting the wrong impression of me. Like, oh, I want to hang out with her. No, I'm, I don't want to make any more friends All right, now. Wendy's lame. Don't hang out with Wendy. See? I love you. <laughs> you can't be. She has to do selfies when we're on here. Um, so, what got you into comedy? I like to get my feelings hurt on, on a regular basis. No, um, actually, I was uh, working in radio with a guy that also does comedy. And uh, I was writing just jokes for him. And he was like, you're funny, like, just do this yourself. And I'm like, I don't know if it would be funny in front of a bunch of people. He's like, just go to an open mic, everyone's going to suck, and you're going to suck too, but you'll think you're good. <laughs> and it worked? Yep, it worked. And how long have you been doing it? <laughs> uh, about seven years now. Oh, nice. So, what? How how has it evolved over the last seven years that it's been in? Like, did you start like most people do with dick jokes and then move on from there, or are you still doing dick jokes? Um, (laughs) No, I kind of. I've always had a little bit of hear dick jokes here and there, but for the most part, like I've always. I actually make more dick jokes than you do. (laughs) But I've always been like I've I've been a believer that you got to make jokes about terrible things. Mm It's like, I think it takes away the power of the terrible thing. You know, like, try it next time something bad happens, try to make a joke about it immediately. You'll feel better, a lot faster. Yeah. So I, I tend to do that, and then I do that with my writing now when I do stand-up. And so what terrible things have you been focusing on? Uh, lately, my health, because my health is terrible. Oh, um, Wendy had mentioned you live with diabetes. Yes, and kidney failure. Oh, wow, okay. So when did you get diagnosed initially with uh, diabetes, and then when did the kidney failure start with that? Um, well, diabetes, I was diagnosed when I was 18. I was trying to go in the military. Oh, so very early on. Yeah, they were like, oh, yeah, you got, I, they, I was mm-hmm. in MEPS, mm-hmm. and uh, they, they had to take a really extensive physical, and they're, they, you know, they're checking my urine for drugs, and, you know, surprised I passed that test, but <laughs> they're like, they're like, what'd you eat for breakfast? And I was like, pancakes like everybody else. Like, we're all military. Like, it's the same crap. And then, well, uh, you're, uh, there's a lot of sugar in your urine. You're going to have to come back and take another P-test. So I took another P-test. And like, you have diabetes? And I was like, what's diabetes? I don't even know what that is. And they're like, well, uh, you're going to have to have you do the test. Sure enough. I had to go home and get another doctor to look at me because it would take forever for that test results to come back. I kept you have bad knees. And so between that, and obviously it's been several years. Yeah, I got the kidney failure diagnosis about two years ago. Okay. Um, so was for the most part it manageable for a long time, or was because some people it becomes very manageable, other people struggle to manage. I've managed it most of the time. There's been a few times where I've had it difficulties, but uh, I got lucky. I got really good uh, insulin recently, and for some reason, the new stuff just worked straight for me. That's fantastic. So, and so with the kidney failure, how did you know that was coming on? I didn't know. I was uh, just trying to go to sleep, and uh, couldn't breathe laying down. So, it was the, the edema that comes with it? Yeah, so I went to the, the ER, and they are like, how long have you had kidney problems? I was like, what are kidney problems? I don't know what that is. <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> don't know what you're talking about. And I'm like, well, you're going on dialysis. Told the doctor, wow. I don't want to go on dialysis. Doctor's like, too bad. So you know, we were really worried about losing Paul because I, I love him to death. He's like literally my best friend, and he was all the way on the East Coast in New York City when this happened. 
because he was like, I'm going to be a comedian. And I was like, don't leave. <laughs> so I felt bad that he had to come back, but I'm glad that he's here. And so I felt like for our show, I think with the way the world works, sometimes, you know, our health issues make it hard for us to relate to the world, date, and just sometimes function. And I feel like if we talk about these things more, it makes it a lot more relatable. That, you know, here we are just trying to work, do what we do, perform comedy, all the things that we do, but we still have all this other extenuating things, kind of like with you, mm-hmm. how you have to deal with your health issues, but you're still banging out our podcasts, you're still writing, you're still doing all those things. And that's one of the things yeah. that I love about the two of you. And and you can't let it beat you. You can't let her lay around and be sick and sad about it. It doesn't get anything done. Exactly. You know, it's, it's a, if, if you lay there and be depressed about it, like, it, it wins. You can't, you can't let it win. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. Well, and I think with diabetes, it's one thing, you know, people kind of know an idea what it is. People assume yeah. if you're really fat, you have it, which is not necessarily the case. I'm incredibly heavy. I've been fat for a long time. My, I'm nowhere close to it. Um, and other people, like my, my sister's ex-husband, real thin has it, right? So it's not necessarily a correspondence, but it's one of these things I think we need to talk about more to kind of demystify it. Yeah, well, it's common. More people have it than you think, and... A lot of people don't know they have yeah, it. Yeah, I have no idea. They don't, or they don't understand it. Like, it's, you know, or they, no, they did the whole fat thing, or the whole mm-hmm. you ate too much sugar growing up thing. Like, no, I didn't. Like, my mom was a wonderful cook. She cooked very well-balanced meals growing up. Mm-hmm. And I still got diabetes. Like, like literally the well-balanced meals. There was always a meat, a starch, and a vegetable mm-hmm. every meal, and and stuff. Yeah. yeah, no, and it does. It actually has a pretty significant impact on on your daily life once you're diagnosed and just the management. Our yeah. our sound man has been diagnosed and is working with it. And... I know. Welcome to the club. Gummy worms. <laughs> it's my gummy worms. He got diagnosed the first day of Girl Scout cookie sale season this year. Oh, oh, it was... I'm sorry. Oh, no. There was a whole, like, three weeks But now you've got, you've so got friends now who understand. I can't be... You need to talk. You got this now. I can't All see right, my just, pusher. Just eat <laughs> <laughs> You just smell them. The there you just go. smell them. You just... just... No, that's what I do with Krispy Kremes. I don't eat Krispy Kremes all the time, but I can't. How can you eat Krispy Kremes? Because I'm a fucking pimp, that's why. But since I can't eat them for a time, because that seems to be gluttonous, smelling them is a healthier option for me. (laughs) So, yeah, I get slapped out of there a lot, because they're like, why are you just... Just let me smell one. They're mine. (laughs) You're going to hate me, because I have the greatest recipe for Krispy Kreme. Bread pudding. Oh, God. <laughs> I told you she's a good woman. But now I know why you got diabetes, Ron. <laughs> Shit. With all this good loving she's giving you, she's feeding you, good loving. So that's why my eyebrows are on the pillowcase. <laughs> <laughs> What's up, later? Thank you guys give me hope. I love you. you. You bring up living with kidney failure. Um, are you... At the point where you're looking at a kidney transplant? Or? Yeah, I'm on a list. Uh, I'm going to be at the top of the list pretty soon. And the crazy thing, though, is I just met a guy who lives a couple towns outside of Reno from me. He lives in Carson City, neighboring town. And he's actually friends with a couple of mutual friends of mine. And he just got the transplant. 
and he's, his Facebook posts are not selling me on it. Really? Yeah, he's not having a good time. He's kind of a whiner, but still, <laughs> he's, yeah, he's not having a good time right now. It's like, oh no, it doesn't sound good. And so, it's been two years. What's the average weight? Um, the average weight is seven. Wow. Uh, the reason why I'm a little bit faster on the list is one, my age, and two, um, uh, I'm also getting a pancreas. Oh, okay. I don't be diabetic anymore. Oh, wow. That's amazing. Yeah, that would be neat. Yeah, that, that, that would be life-changing. Yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. Just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, if, um, if you're not an organ donor, go out, I am. put your name on the list. Organ See, and I make the joke that at 45 and living with my mom and a cat, if they wheel me in after an accident, I can still have a pulse and they can fix it, but they're just like, we're going to intervene and just part you out. Like, <laughs> we say, this is great gardens in the making and we're, just, we're done. Uh, it's a dangerous thing. Everything you need to know, you learn from Grey Garden. Uh, <laughs> tea, darling. Tea. <laughs> the gays in the audience get the joke. Uh, <laughs> That's why I didn't get that. Huh? <laughs> no, there's different jokes for different communities. Grey Gardens goes over very well with a certain class yeah, of people in my class. And not only that, poor, poor Paul, he's such a nice guy that the strippers are mean to him. And I told him, and I was like, it's fucked up, man. How are strippers mean to you? What do strippers do to be mean to you? Um, like uh, when they ask for music, they talk to me like my fast food restaurant box. <laughs> Can I get Lil Wayne <laughs> with a side of Drake? I'm right here. I'm a person. You can just ask me like nicely, like, hey, come here, swallow away and drink. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what clubs do you DJ for? Uh, Fantasy Girls in Reno. I've uh, DJed at uh, Deja Vu in San Diego and Mexico <coughs> before, and uh, a club called Silver Rain in LA. Nice. I've been around. Nice. So, do you enjoy working with strippers? Sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. What 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 is the part that makes it enjoyable? Um, they smell nice. Yeah, they smell nice, and uh, strippers always smell nice. Like like the it's whole like such a perfect right now. <laughs> but I can you can there's none of that worry about like sexual harassment at the job. Mm-hmm. Like I could say an inappropriate joke to a stripper and I get in trouble. It's true. You know? And so that, that's kind of nice. Like when I work at my Is that radio, your only perk, Paul? Well, when I work at my, my radio job, I always get a little, like, okay, I'm just going to be, like, nice and polite. Mm-hmm. I'm a nice and polite boy anyways. But, like, you don't want anything to be misconstrued because you can get in trouble. You go straight to HR for anything. So, you know, you, you know, there's a little more P's and Q's. Club, sexual harassment's not reported. It's great. Right. <laughs> right. Sexual harassment day. <laughs> so, our showman is also a DJ and has occasionally done work for burlesque groups I'm with. And okay. the, the, the strippers like to harass them in another way, is they wait till they're done and they're done with like pasties and a G-string, and then after they're set, they come over and sit on his lap and want to curl up. And he tries to be a good man, like, I'm not going to look her new tits. I'm not going to look at her tits. And they're like wrapping around him like a cat, and he's trying to be very professional. And they love to taunt him. Wow, I don't do that when I post for less. <laughs> it's hysterical because he tries to be such a good guy. And they're like, no, look at my titties. And he's like, 
I'm not looking at titties. <laughs> I want ice cream. <laughs> LeBron was traded to the Lakers. LeBron was traded to the Lakers. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm dropping your secrets here. It's no longer dividing fractions. Is that your, uh, your 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 go-to when you're trying not to finish too fast? <laughs> LeBron? <laughs> no, no. Stepping. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. <laughs> I always just try. I always think grandma's shoes. Grandma's shoes. <laughs> wow. Nice. All right. So yeah. <laughs> so speaking of grandma's shoes, we're at the point of the interview <laughs> where we have four standing questions. So the first is, what is your go-to munchie? Uh, go-to munchie. Uh, I really like cheeses. Cheez-Its? Just straight up Cheez-Its? Like, uh, Cheez-Its with cream cheese, actually. That is the, yeah, yeah. Cheez-Its, somebody introduced me to that and that's evil, because you just... Yeah, it's just, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're on learn. I'm there with you on that one. Um, worst piece of advice you ever got? Uh, worst advice? I don't know. I don't listen to Something that everyone should try. Um, one, try to laugh at your bad situation. You know, it's like, you know, try to laugh it off. And, uh, two, uh, cheese it's and cream cheese. <laughs> I, I totally agree on both. Uh, and the last, what are you grateful for? Um, being alive, actually. Yeah. So it's not much else, you know. I hear you on that one. So, if our audience wants to find you, if they want to go to one of your shows, if they want to listen to your radio show, where do we go listen to you? Uh, well, I'm on uh, easy1041.com for the radio, for the radio station. I'm on from 7 to midnight. I'm not very good, but if you want to listen. <laughs> <laughs> just there, because my friend feels bad for me. <laughs> so he gave me a job. Um, and as far as comedy goes... Um, find me on Facebook or Twitter, um, the infamous Paul on Twitter, or just Paul Spock on Facebook. Fantastic. Thank you for coming on the show. Thanks, Thanks for having me. It was fun. Thank you. Time for Ask Your Auntie. This week we have two letters that have come in. Well, actually, DMs. And if you want your questions answered on Ask Your Auntie, you can always email me at auntievice at fatchicksontop.com or DM me on any social media. My DMs are open. This week's first letter comes from a confused listener who wants to know how to find the perfect vibrating wand for them. There's so many styles of vibrating wands out there, this can be confusing. My first start is, is it comfortable to hold? This is going to be a sex toy that you're holding while operating. If you're bigger bodied, you're going to want something with a longer handle. If you have limited hand motions, you may want something with an adjustable head so that you can get it at the right angle. If you have small hands, you may want a smaller handle. So find one that's going to be comfortable to hold. You may want to look at weight requirements. If you have carpal tunnel syndrome or other hand and wrist limitations or problems, you're going to want something on the lighter side. And then the next would be level of vibration. 
Do you want something with a really strong vibration? Something? Do you prefer mild or moderate sensations? Do you want something with a lot of vibration patterns? Most wands come with vibration patterns. The larger wands tend to have a heavier vibration than the smaller wands. Plug-ins wands have the strongest vibrations, while USB rechargeables are in the middle and battery-operated ones are on the lower end. I would go in to a good sex shop that has some tester models and test them on your wrist uh, to get an idea of what the vibrations feel like and try one, two, or several. If you don't want to invest in a, in some of the more expensive wands up front, there is the website Squeaky Clean Toys that sells secondhand sex toys, which may be a squidgy factor for some of you. They do require that they be sterilized to specific standards and shipped. So if you're looking for ones to test before buying a big one of your own, try Squeaky Clean Toys for, for a couple of options. Our second letter comes from somebody who says, Dear Auntie Vice, I've moved in with a man and he destroys my toilet. Are you, are there any tips for helping with this? I've had the same problem. And one of the best things I've done and learned when it comes to cleaning the bathroom is to use a dash of finish, which is what you use in your dishwashers to keep water spots from going. Once you've cleaned your toilet, add a little finish to the tank and flush. It'll coat the toilet with that and it'll keep stuff from sticking. It's very useful if you happen to be living with somebody who is um, aggressive in that area. Thanks for joining us for this week's Ask Your Auntie. Talk to you soon. This has been an episode of Fat Chicks on Top. Fat Chicks on Top is produced and hosted by Auntie Vice. Audio production is by A Serious Production. You can find all information about Fat Chicks on Top at fatchicksontop.com and follow Auntie Vice at Auntie Vice on most social media.